Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, guys, to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your host, Tony Evans. I uh, hope you've had a good week. It's just come and gone. It's spring here in Canberra. It's a beautiful day. Um, it's been a beautiful week, actually. I love it when the warm weather comes in. I get more creative. I can be exercise more. Life in general is just good, right? Everyone likes the warm weather. Well, most of us do, anyway. Um, now, thank you for, again, just want to say thank you for reaching out to me, those that did, um, from last week's episode, uh, because... I did let go of some things that were a little bit more personal. Um, I think it's it's just my way of, of using it as therapy. I thank you for listening and for caring and reaching out and asking how I'm going and holding in there. And um, it, I mean, that album did it to me. It still does it to me. I have to be careful when I do listen to it uh, because a lot of uh, Stephen Wilson's music is very personal and it does tend to uh, take you down rabbit holes. It does me anyway. So, you know... Anyway, thank you very much for, for for listening and for reaching out and seeing how much you love the show. I really appreciate that. I really do. Um, now, this week's one came about by happenstance, which is the best way, isn't it, right? You could can come by bus, but I opened to come by happenstance. <laughs> anywho. Anywho. Yes, so what happened was I was, you know, on my normal record-buying uh, moment on the weekend, which I like to do. And uh, I came across, you know, just in the local record, like record store, and uh, and picked up a not a new copy because it was brand new when I bought it, but it was um, it was released about you know four or five years ago. It's the uh, Tommy Deluxe Edition Tri Gate Fold um, print, and um, very interesting because it's like side one and side four, and then two and three and the other one. It's like designed is to copy the stacking system that stereos used to have. I bought it and put it on. Now, I've got Tommy already. I've got the soundtrack. I've got the Philharmonic version. I've also got the mono print of this album. And it's the one I've spent most of my time, to be fair, listening to. So I'm sort of, when I put it on um, and sort of sat back 
as I like to do, lights off, uh, headphones on, um, quietly on my own. Um, it it blew my mind. It really, really blew my mind. I, I forgot how really good this album is, but what really blew is not the music. I mean, not only the music inside and out. The music is fantastic. What it was was the stereo mix, the separation in this mix. Um, it just really opened up my a whole new vista to me of this particular album. And then it got me thinking. It got me thinking about um, retro... Like, we're all retrofitting our stereo systems now, most of us, okay? When I say most of us, I've already always been a record player and cassette man, but people are going back to the analogue um, systems as record sales. As I mentioned a few episodes back about record sales, you know, bursting the seams. Um, but we're not retrofitting how we listen to it which is really, really interesting, I think. Because what we've done is we, we've, we're we cherry-picking what we want. Um, and that's why I think, as I said, I'm going to call this episode, is called Is Stereo Dead? Um, which is really, it's a very harsh thing to say, right? I don't think stereo as such is dead. It's, it's, it's what it means, how it is listened to, and why we have it that I think is 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 misunderstood now by the modern listeners and I don't mean men of my age women of my age you know whatever gender you are of our age um whatever you identify as of our age and I'm talking about 50 plus here um we've all grown up most of the majority of us with family members i.e dads uncles brothers sisters who were really into stereo and what hi-fi magazine and when you you know when you bought a record home and put it on your record deck, you listen to it in a way that I don't think people listen to their music now. And what I mean by that is, so I'm myself, as you probably know, as I've mentioned it before on my shows, and if you don't know, I'll repeat it. I have a really beautiful um, uh, Rega Planner Three record deck that I got for my 50th birthday from my lovely wife. I have a, um, a fantastic reconditioned Marantz tape deck that I reconditioned. Um, I also bought these two beautiful Morant speakers, which I reconditioned as well. And I've got a fantastic modern, it's still fantastic, um, Morant's uh, uh, um, amplifier. But also I have a, a Yamaha um, CD player. And the thing about it is, I've got it in quadraphonic sound, um, but it's not designed to play in quadraphonic. It just means I have four speakers. It just means I play through four speakers it's sort of fake quadraphonic now the point about that is that is that when i put my record player like a record on the deck and i play it if it's not through my headphones it's through my speaker system and if it's my speaker system genuinely i sit in front of it in between and get um a stereo sound coming through right now that stereo sound and we'll go into that in the second half about stereo and but this is just where, where I'm thinking at the moment. I just had some no, no thoughts, right? That that stereo sound is um, was by the band, particularly by the by the bands of the '60s and '70s, the Who, um, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, um, you know, Yes, Genesis, all those sort of um, bands. They basically, when they went to mix the album and to produce the album, they were thinking about textures within the sound wall, right? They were thinking about where do I put this musician? Where does this one come through? How does that... How are my listeners, how are our listeners going to reproduce this, right? 
Um, and they wanted what they basically were trying to give you was the band in your living room. And do you remember when CDs first came out? They said, oh, it's so good. It's like having the band in your living room. Well, it did, because then when CDs were first released, you listened to it with two to four speakers. And so they were basically just um, copying the analog onto digital for most of the first early uh, CD releases. And so you sat there and, you know, like a good example here, um, there's a track on... So let me just read what I wrote. So I wrote this this morning, I mean, my morning uh, walk, and I just sort of thought about, okay... But I write here. There you go. Okay, say, so Keith Moon, this is, this is the Who's Tommy, right? Keith Moon um, is pushed into the left side of the ear and Pete into the right, where John's bass sort of fills the whole wall of sound. Um, and then um, and occasionally is panned from left to right with Pete's um, guitar, sorry, with, uh, with Roger's vocal almost sort of sitting. You know, interestingly in front, but not blocking any of the the audio passages. Um, and this isn't for the whole of the album. It's it's a masterclass, in my opinion, of of, of stereo reproduction. But you know, occasionally, you know, um, Pete will move to the left ear. Um, you know, Keith Moon will be in both ears. Then it might be just be hi hats in one, cymbals in the other, and somehow the bass behind you. It's a miracle of audio separation. Now, again, a good record deck will pick that up, but a good set of speakers will always pick it up as well if it's a stereo system. Um, Now, there is a fantastic, there's a a passage in, there's a track on on the, on Tommy called Christmas. And I've written here, I've written this here, can you imagine missing the delicious mix of Christmas with Keith in the left, John in the right, Pete pushing both ears and Roger sitting in front, right? Because basically what they were trying to do is say, hey, you can't come to the show. We're going to bring the show to you, right? That's what the album was about then. That's what it was about. Now, what's happening, I think, is that we now sit. I've got one. I, I'll be honest, I'm going to put this a caveat here. We've all got a Bluetooth speaker of some kind, right? Whether it be a Sonos bar, whether it be... A Sonos Cube, whatever, whatever, the shower, stereo, whatever. We've all got one. Now, for me, they're very good for the intermediate sound. Like, I have, um, I don't like to have silence in my life. It's a bit of a, like an ADHD thing of mine. Like, I like, a lot, I like music or talking all the time. It um, just helps me fill the spaces in my head. And... Um, those that know me will know I never shut up <laughs> right that's probably why um, and so I will have uh, I put all speaker in the kitchen maybe that's playing from my phone alright but I know I know that I'm not listening to that as the way I would listen to it if I was in my music room listen to me music room you know what I mean or if I was in front in my, near my stereo or at a concert or whatever I'm, I'm consuming it as background noise. I'm not using it as a means of... I, I don't sit there and, and want to absorb it and, 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 and take it in. But I think what's happening is that we're selling these retrofitted... Back to retrofitting. We're retrofitting our stereo systems to high-end record players. But we're not retrofitting them to good amplifiers and good speakers. And, you know, we're just not doing that. So... 
are we losing the benefit of retrofitting to a record? Because the thing about records, as I said before, is the separation on it and the warmth and the and and the and the um, intimacy is what you want from it. With CDs, whether you like it or not, are a cold medium for me. They're just they're just so. Um, 80s, you know, 90s, a perfunctory. They're like, um, like McDonald's. You know, they have to fill you up. You don't really, you don't really feel good afterwards, right? Um, you don't feel full for long, and that's the CD for me. So, I'm not saying that people who love CDs are wrong because that's your choice. The way you consume music, and no problem at all is how you take it in. But what I'm saying is, you know, people are spending now more and more money on record players and tape decks, and on the, even though the tape decks they're buying are awful. Um, I've discussed this before on the podcast, but record decks, no, so not so much. If you avoid the horrible flea market record decks and some of those terrible, um, you know, uh, low-end uh, t- mechanisms, um, you're going to get yourself a decent record deck, even if you buy one secondhand, you know, reconditioned. I mean, most of the time, it just needs a new belt, right? Um, once you get that, and a new, maybe a, an updated stylus, um Way you go, you've got a, a beautiful way of reproducing this music. Now, bands in the 60s and 70s, they spent a lot of time, a lot of effort reproducing this music. Now, whether it's whether it's on a CD or whether it's on your vinyl, it's still coming out as a stereo mix. So when I say stereo, for people out there who don't know what stereo is, and I'm sure you all do, it just means two channels or more than one channel okay so you're getting it in both ears now you might say tony tony but i get it in both ears all the time aren't isn't it everything stereo no nothing not everything is stereo and we'll talk about that when we come back in the second half because i will talk about the brief chat about the history of of stereo and where we're going and what's happening with it and where it come from i won't go bore you with all the technical details because i it i read that uh, a, a scientific manual on stereo last week and it honestly my brain almost fried um so i just sort of grabbed bits and pieces of what i you know from it but i would really love to know how you reproduce your music you know um it's different when it's on your headphones now people people listen up i mean this when you put on a good expensive pair of headphones and i've got some beautiful sony's that i use and i've also got some sennhauser that i use um sennhauser over ear and in ear i've got one for each type of of activity um, I tend to like in-ear directly to my um, phone for traveling because um, just it don't, they don't they don't they don't battery doesn't die right <laughs> you know what I mean I'm gonna charge them um, with those yes you're gonna get the separation because you've got two speakers directly on your ears so the stereo mix is going to come through beautifully in that respect i'm talking about sitting in in a open environment in a room listening to music or in your house or your kitchen or wherever you are because i don't i mean i and could i could be wrong now i listen to a lot of varied music as you know a lot of uh a lot of heavy heavy metal is not beautifully stereo mixed okay it's not it is not nuanced but it doesn't need to be okay um so like for instance one of the the best sort of um mono deluxe kind of releases ever is the six pistols god say um never mind the bollocks it is basically as um the producer said in an interview it's mono deluxe it's basically both channels the same loud heavy and fast 
And that's because um, people like the, the Pistols and the punk movement and uh, later on some of the heavy metal movement as well, they were moving away from the uh, expensive, clever, um, uh, time-consuming production values that say, you know, like the Pistol, like, like the Beatles and Deep Purple and Badfinger and Yes and Genesis, all those big bands. Um were doing right uh beach boys and so on like you know pet sounds and sergeant pepper and the white album they were take they were getting away from that because they didn't want to they wanted to be they wanted to bring rock and roll back to its very raw basis and that's why you get that now that i don't mind because that's produced that way they're not saying hey we're high fidelity they're saying we're high speed we're high octane we're drug fueled madness all right that's fine because that's what you, you expect from that so all, all good but i think modern and i could be wrong here now please do get you know do do don't don't um, hesitate to chime in here but i think pop music and i'm going to use pop as a very broad spectrum i don't believe that pop music is beautifully stereo mixed and that's because I, I, generally because I think the Gen Zs and the Gen whatever they are, um, they're consuming music in a different way. They're not sitting down in rooms and and listening to music like we would have done. They're walking around with their headphones in their on their, their iPhones and their phones in general. They're they're at raves. They're at uh, they're at I can say discos and age, my, age myself there. There are parties and so on, which again, it's just background music, right? No one's, I don't think anyone's sitting around and um, genuinely contemplating the nuances of smack my bitch up. You know what I mean? Or um, or even um, anything by Beyonce or whoever, right? They're just not doing that, are they? Um, they're just enjoying the music, which is what it's there for. We all I'm not deny it's what it's there for, but it's, I just, this isn't about that. This is, I think what I'm trying to say is that stereo, I think, is dead because of a generation of people, myself and you included my age and maybe a little bit older and are just a bit younger, we're coming, you know, we're not, we're a bit of a dying breed, right? So we, we unless we pass this knowledge and on and make and give the listeners more opportunity to play their music in a in a more you know in our in a way we enjoy it it's never going to be um a, a viable thing right you know so i mean it sounds like an old man going oh it was better in my day um but i don't that's the case as i said we, we we're now going backwards with the way that we produce and listen to music why aren't we doing that in the way that we we are genuinely listening to it you know because I can't imagine anything worse than putting on a, a beautiful, complex piece of music like the White Album or uh, Pet Sounds or, you know, uh, Deep Pebbles in Rock or or even even something like um, Thin Lizzy's um, Black Rose and it being flat and featureless and non-directional at me from a cold mono you know a, a single a, a single speaker bluetooth 
speaker. I know that they've there's lots of technology out there. I will, you know, I know that there was lots of technology out there where they can reproduce stereo sound from a single source, but is it really the same? It might reach your ears very similarly, right? But is it the same? I really don't and doubt that heavily. I really do. Um, I think we just it's just trickery, uh, and it's not true stereo. Anyway, it's me, my moan over this side. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come back on the other side and chat about stereo and exactly, you know, its sort of origins um, and where we go from there. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed that. I really enjoyed thinking about it. Talking to the other side, guys. Bye for now. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to part two, guys. Um, thanks for coming back to me. Uh, and hope you enjoyed the first side. I really did enjoy the first part of the show. Um, now, I just want to reiterate, not all of us are audiophiles, okay? Not all of us are like you, me, and everyone listens to this show. Because a lot of consumers of music are, as, we, as the terminology is, consumers of music. Uh, it is an entertainment form after all. But are we letting them down are we letting our listeners down and the listener down by not allowing them to fully hear what the band wants them to hear do you not think 
do not think that um i mean i'm a prime example i've listened to the tommy's the who 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 the tommy sorry um for years since i was i think i first heard it when i was about six or seven um and i've listened to it on many many uh stereos in my life i've listened on tape i've listened to it on cd i've listened to it on vinyl i've listened on download I've seen some of it live and you know most of the time I've somehow mixed missed the beauty of the stereo mix that the producers and the band put together now I think it's because we're also thinking about it again you know retrospectively bands were given time a long time ago bands were given time given money given time and they were like here you go you know, usually the first album's quite rushed, isn't it? Make your money, then get in there, and then make some classic albums. And, you know, they generally, generally, um, then can spread their wings a bit because they've got a bit more money behind them, the label is backing them, they give them a better studio, they've got a better producer, they've got a, a better everything, right? Better instruments, more, you know. and, and really, more importantly, more time. And uh, how many times have you heard a band like Iron Maiden classic example saying they don't like the first album, they, well, he doesn't be a fan of the sound because it's too thin, because it was rushed. Say with Marillion's Fugazi I mentioned to you, that it was, it was rushed, so it sounded unfinished not, and not correct, right? That's because the band knows what they're trying to give. They know, particularly in rock and roll, they're really looking for depth and thickness of sound and quality of, of sound and something different, always something different. Um, but I think with the new age of music, uh, it is all push, 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 digital, 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 get it out quickly, click this track to that track, done. All right? I, I mean, I just it doesn't seem to me that they spend a lot of time on the finished product um, a lot of the times. And I'm not saying that's everyone, because that's, that would be an absolute, you know, bullshit for me to say that. But what I'm saying is that I think that's one of the reasons why that we're missing and why why you know we're not given the opportunity to buy good reproduction uh, equipment um that were for relatively good prices i mean you know as i mentioned before my uncle my father not my father father never liked music but my uncle and my brothers they were really into their hi-fis and read hi-fi magazine and they'd choice magazine and they'd spend ages sent all up and it was very much a, a precisely sort of uh, scientific way of producing the music to get the best out of it and that's what they were trying to do squeeze every ounce of the best out of it right because they we were out their ears were trained they were trained for that they were looking for those different sound separations they were tr they were want it's like um enjoying good wine and good food and understanding the flavors fine whiskies and notes and top notes and bottom notes and finishes and after finishes this is what the same with music coffee is another thing people love coffee they, they make the same comment don't they right um it's all about enjoying more depth and is it always about intellectualizing the music no it's not but it is about understanding the music in everything it's been aimed at you the way it's directed at you anyway i'll just get off off that soapbox all right so what i basically want to talk about now is how we used to consume it so originally when we had 
a, a, a record player on 78 on um, shellac discs um, although the wax discs uh, apparently they did try a vertical and horizontal sounds on them to get a stereo reproduction because stereo has been around since 1888 um, first um, shown at the Paris Electronic Fair uh, where they basically put two tele telephonic speakers so two telephones speakers either side of the stage and played it at the audience from a live production of um, a class piece of classical music so it has been going around a long time the concept of trying to get the sound to sound naturally in both ears this was a hard thing to do and, and, and took a lot of effort um, now you know most of the time they would have the trumpet the wax disc or the wax cylinder and it would come out of the one speaker on the front of the box or wired to one speaker and so we didn't need separation and channels we just needed the sound to come out and it was magical the sound was reproduced anyway and so for a very long time up until about the late 50s most of us were listening to music in a mono situation so the music was basically just coming through one speaker all right reaching your ears at one point about 1932 uh, an english uh, engineer from uh, from emi now we're going to find his i wrote his name down uh, there is it um alan blumenall i'm sorry if i've uh Blumlian, i can't well I, I am butchering the poor man's name he basically was at the cinema with his wife uh watching a movie and he would often get issues in the old days because the speaker there was only one speaker it was mono right and or two speakers but it was a mono mix so the actor could be one side of the screen and the vocals were coming out the other it was very disconcerting and he just said to, he thought he'd go about making it see a bit more realistic so he, he invented this system called the bluminal pair which is basically uh two mics recording the sound off center from each other slightly off centered um at the same time so you could then basically like mono deluxe you could pump the two sounds through each channel but at a slightly different um at a slightly different rate so that it tricked the ears to thinking that was coming first this is second and so on um he invented the uh, a, a topless microphone a figure eight cut um microphone ribbon microphone that basically pushed the sound in a different direction because if you put two mics together at the same level recording at the same time you can cancel each other out and this was happening a lot in early forms of of stereo um engineering uh, first i mean even though the plucky brits were the first to do it the moneyed americans uh, were the ones at bell labs to um actually record uh to, to actually get it done first uh so you know it was a wonderful race this i do there's a brilliant um brilliant website I'll, I'll link you to it on the about the history of stereo and the race between bell labs and and emi abbey road uh really really fantastic but like the space race but in sound right and i grew up listening to mainly mono deluxe prints because we didn't have um a, a big stereo system in fact the one in my lounge room was one of those ones that was basically a, a record deck in a in a cabinet you used to slide the door open the record deck was inside a big spring arm and then had one speaker at the side so i for a long time um because i wasn't allowed to use my brother's uh very nice bang and olfson 
stereo system that he had spent a lot of money on. I wasn't allowed to go near it. Well, not while he was in anyway, you know. Um, of course, I did sort of go and rifle his record collection and, and, and uh, you know, but each brother had a stereo in each of the rooms. You know, I didn't get my first one until I was 16. It was my brother's old um, Sanio Tower. God, it was terrible. Absolutely shocking. My brother took the back off to see because it was broken and it had absolutely no innards. It was all just, you know, circuitry. It was just horrible when I think about what we, we used to pump out back then, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I still used it and I still loved it. Um, he had, he did end up blowing up though, I think, believe. He tried to put something into tape, trying to make the tape deck work and he blew it up. <laughs> he was learning to be an electrician at the time, so I'll um, let him have that. He also blew up my stage amp, my bass amp, trying to turn it from a, a valve to a solid state. Yeah, you know, life goes on. It blew up right in the middle of uh, a school performance. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that was a long time ago. Right. So, um, when I say school, I mean college, sorry, not college. When I was at art college. Um, now, so, I've lost track of myself. Oh, yes, that's right. So, you know, we, we need to give more option to reproduce because these people spent a lot of time, you know, um, these engineers, their whole working lives to create perfect reproductive sound and bands spend forever trying to get that sound now stereo basically means hearing a different tonal range in each ear it doesn't mean the same sound in each ear which is where people get wrong because that's basically mono deluxe that's one sound reproduced in left and right basically just makes a big sound stereo on the other hand as i mentioned earlier in the first part you know, you can play and do so many things. As I said, you can have Pete Townsend in one side, Keith Moon splashing around, in and around you, moving around. You can have someone like, um, in, uh, you know, uh, Chris Squire from, from Yes, just moving all over the place. You could have the keys swirling left to right, the vocals forward or back. You can have, it. basically, there's so much that, that you can do in good engineers and I think there are some fantastic engineers still out there working. But because we are living in a world where things are digital now, there are a lot of um, would-be engineers out there because, the, without me being too sort of snobby, the, the computer does a lot for you. You still have to know a bit, but it's very quite easy for you to be a bedroom warrior, right? You're not spending, you're not doing like Boston. You're not like that. You're not like making that album, you know, where he did it in his bedroom with uh, mixing desks, and it was just—it's just, it's just a, a, a good example of a beautifully mixed piece of music. Tubular bells, another good one, all right? Big sound. I mean, I think the only thing now where you get beautifully mixed um, stereo is, you know, the audio files of this world, like Stephen Wilson and um, you know, classical music because that's the way it has to be played, reproduced, right? And again, that's probably one of the reasons why stereo came about, because first recordings were classical music. And you need, with the beauty of uh, orchestra, when you're sitting there, is that the sound is coming at you at different levels and at different volumes and at different paces, and it surrounds you and creates a world of musical bliss, basically, uh, or nightmarish, whatever you're trying to come across. 
uh, and that's can't be reproduced in a mono not really in a mono way even though it was in 78s but can you imagine trying to hear Holtz the planets or uh, or the or the ring cycle or anything like that in a flat mono reproduction through a small speaker in your kitchen or a then shop your miles will have your radio on now again that's another reason why I think um, that stereo mixes are sort of coming have come to its end because people used to listen to and to some extent still do listen to their radio music through their radio low 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 not many people have a, have a, speak, a stereo radio most of them are one speakered in their kitchens in their bedrooms by the bed in their bathrooms they're not they're not using two speakers all right i don't mean the woofer and subwoofer i mean two distinct speakers so is stereo dead what do i think i i i think stereo is alive and well with people of our age i think i think we need to bring the prices down of stereo equipment make it make even the most baseline um better than um the the sort of sonos single speaker things that we have now uh, make it more affordable for the young people make it more um pocket friendly and they will it will come back i don't see people sitting in their lounge rooms or in their bedrooms in front of their speakers just like we do or some of us me <laughs> um I don't see that for everyone because not everyone's an audiophile. Not everyone is musical. They just want to consume it as entertainment. But give them the option to do it. That's what I say. Give them the reason. It's like it's like books. You know, I'm not a big reader. I'm I'm actually dyslexic, so I find reading a little bit hard. I can read. I just find it hard to do, and I can't do it with a kindle or on my phone even my laptop i have to really hold a book physically see the paper and interact with the medium this is why i think i'm the same with music now this is where i feel we are going i think we need to bring back i don't think we need to fill the world with with print media if, if it's gonna you know clog the planet digital world is good because it, it's storable in a very small space i.e. the beauty of CDs but that, but actually being there with the medium and feeling that sound around you if you I'd love you to experiment if you if you've not done it before and you can get the opportunity to do it listeners to put away your um your omnidirectional bluetooth water showerproof speaker that you've bought at your local audio store get two speakers attach it to your to your amp if you've got an amp right and actually be there in that m moment with it i mean obviously you, you know because you're a headphone so you're going to get the headphone sound i don't mean that i mean just headphones off in that sound moment in the wall of sound um because where's it going from here of course, we now have quadraphonic and all those sort of four speakers, six speakers, eight speakers, subwoofers, multi-directional. Uh, you know, um, there's now this new, there's Dolby Atmos and uh, Sonar Sound, whatever. There's new soundscapes, which are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I think that may 
that may bring back um, the concept of sitting in a room and listening to music as it should be heard. But I feel that's going to be one of those things that, you know, it's going to be price prohibitive uh, to people because they're not going to be able. They might be. They might buy the the Dolby Atmos version of it um, on CD, uh, but they won't be able to reproduce it. It's like having a Blu-ray but playing on a DVD player or whatever. You know, it's not quite the same, is it? Like a, a 4K movie on a normal traditional TV, it loses the reason to have it. So. And it's too expensive for some people to have 4K TVs, right? So I think we need to try and bring the quality of the of the productions, the reproduction um, method, up by bringing the cost down. It wouldn't be that hard. Yes, I know you could save a ton. You can just buy secondhand stuff. You can just buy secondhand stuff, and that's great. But not everyone has. Um, the ability to, or even the you know inclination to fix something if it breaks. Um, so you know they're going to want something with a warranty. They want something that they can take out of the box that they know is new. That they don't have to worry too much. Easy to set up. Um, that is got you know in an easy language. Actually comes with an instruction manual for God's sake. What what happened there? Why all of a sudden now when you open up a, a, a piece of equipment, you either expect to know how to use it. Or you have to go online to read the instructions. You know, I've got a 1979 Marantz um, tape deck here. I've still got the instruction manual with it. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful thing. Um, I look at it, and it's another thing. It's the aesthetics of stereos. We've sort of lost the beauty of a stereo. You know, I mean, I'm, I am also coming from this age group that I like VU meters. And I like big knobs, and I like stainless steel, and I like um, a solid system. You know, I don't want micro. I want it big and chunky and attractive, not tiny and hidden away. That we, we sort of went towards. I mean, I did. I bought the micro system. We've all bought micro systems. Um, ne never, never used them. I very rarely use them. In fact, I got the tape caught in my old one, and I never couldn't get it out because I had to the whole system apart to get the tape out. It was one of those, was a bit like a car stereo. You push the tape in and it took it inside. Yeah, anyway. I'm rambling, I'm rambling. What I'm saying is, is stereo dead? Possibly. Can we save it? Yes. Should we save it? Absolutely. Because I just don't know whether my children, your children, your grandchildren even really know what stereo is and what it actually gives you and your and how it makes the music so much better i mean we talk about stereo tvs don't we we talk about stereo cinema and quadraphonic sound and all that stuff but why aren't we doing that with our music reproduction it should be just standard i don't remember the last time i saw a stereo unit sold in any shop that came with two speakers separately that you attach to an amplifier. I can't remember. I really can't. Oh. One second. Stupid bloody laptop. Every time I set this to go, um, not to go to sleep, after an hour it seems to go to sleep because I've been fiddling around with the laptop. Anyway, that's me this week. Not a particularly overly long one. I just wanted to sort of talk to you about my thoughts on stereo. I hope I haven't repeated myself too much. Uh, if you're going to go there and really want to give it a listen, you do have a nice stereo system, I want to think, 
what's he talking about what should i listen to genuinely anything from sort of 60 1960 through about 1978 1980 around that period um is where i'd ha- hit and i'd go go the big hitters because that's where you're going to really feel it right um the beatles the who um deep purple uh, any of the proggy prog stuff particularly the prog stuff um i mean not my thing but dark side of the moon's um stereo mix is example exemplary uh, if you want to put on an album that really does take you on a journey through your <laughs> journey through the left and right sides of your head <laughs> sounds like an album doesn't it um takes you on a journey audibly um and gives you a reason to think make you think and not just go oh okay i'm just listening to music makes you go oh i heard this there and i heard that there listen every time i replay tommy now my vinyl copy that i've got that's the new stereo mix that well the original mix of the stereo i hear something different i hear a chiming hi-hat i hear a, a strum of a guitar i hear i hear john's bass do something there i i feel that i'm being um really treated um to a uh an absolute feast of musicality uh and I think, you know, there is a place for straight balls to the wall, rock and roll. Punk and heavy metal does have that. Not all heavy metal. Some heavy metal like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and things like that are nuanced. But, you know, no one's sitting down and listening to Gorgoth for the stereo mix, right? They're just not, you know, put that aside. But if we're going to listen to music that's got clarity and definition and movement and texture and depth and colour... And separation and feel and all those lovely fidgy widgy words then reproduct go and grab stuff like I said the white album sergeant pepper the who quadrophenia um close to the edge selling room by the pound in rock you know these albums where they spent um, and if you want an, an 80s album that was the pinnacle of, of that then um you have to get your hands on Deep Purple's Hysteria. At that time, one of the most expensive albums ever made. And again, an absolute example. Not my favourite album. I find it a bit too Americana for me. But unbelievably, for for its for the for the medium, so textured. Boston's first album. Boston's another one to listen to. Uh, any Stephen Wilson album any of those Jeff Rotol all that stuff when they when when stereo meant stereo when sound meant something it wasn't just packaging to put on a phone to get you from home to the office and back right to fill the void in your head there is a space for that as I said I, I, I do fill the void on every rig, every moment I can um, but it's just the way that I keep myself sane you know do my best so guys, that's me rambled. That's me over for the week. Um, love to know what you think. What's your theories? You know, do you still listen to your stereo the way that I listen to mine? Do you still appreciate the way that these things are mixed? Are there albums that have come out recently that are beautifully stereo mixed that I've missed? That re- is there pop music that is beautifully mixed that has nuance that I'm also missing? Um, again, I don't can't listen to everything all the time, 
but I'd love to know what you think. Anyway, bye for now, guys. Keep real, keep rocking, keep listening. Bye now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.